to episode 25 of the Circle Back Podcast, the show where two great friends just get together and talk about video games. I'm Dan LaMarca, and as always, I'm joined by Dan Dufernoy. Hello. Uh, and let's kick it off like we always do, my friend. What have you been playing? Okay. Well, not much. Light week? It's been, it's been one of those weeks where you just don't get a chance to put on the old uh, PlayStation and play with the old <laughs> remote, you okay. know? So... <laughs> so anyway, I, I'm sidebar. I hate when people call them remotes. I don't know why. It like bothers me. So Wait, much. what do you got? Controller? It's a controller. It's a remote. Yep. Oh, I hate it. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so I played a way out. Okay. Um, and I beat a way out with my sister, and hey. that was it. So that was the big uh, conquest of the week. We okay. uh, we beat a way out. So. All right, great. Let's yeah. move on. I played BattleTech. <laughs> okay, you don't talk about way out. <laughs> Come on, man, talk about it. Okay, so I mean, can we do spoilers? We can do spoilers. It's our freaking podcast. We're we can do, do spoilers, but don't do anything too much. Okay, because it's actually kind of crazy. So actually, let's get into it. We'll warn. You just want to get into it? Spoilers. I'm gonna I'm gonna pat Dan's side of his head when there's no more spoilers. So starting now, spoilers. Battle way out. What do you okay. Think? Talk so, I have a few thoughts, and I really, really have, like, a few thoughts. Okay. <laughs> One of those days. <laughs> anyway, so, um, I don't know if I loved it, uh-huh. but I really liked it. And first, I'm going to talk about what I really, really liked. Okay. Save I, the worst for last. Save the worst for last. What I really, really enjoyed about it uh-huh. is it was a lot of fun playing with my sister. Yeah. It was a lot of fun playing with a friend mm-hmm. and, like co-oping i mean there's a lot of party games there's the smash games there's a lot of racing games where you can play multiplayer Mm -hmm. but there's something about this where like you're both like cooperating to like the end goal you're doing different things but it was really really cool like cooperating to get to the end goal certain scenes where you know you're gonna use a hammer to break uh, you know the toilet in the the cell to get out to the other side you know while your friend has to like keep guard and he'll let you know when um the guards come, and so like I liked that sort of aspect yes. of it. I liked, you know, being in a car, uh-huh. one person driving, and then another person shooting. Like I liked that sort of, hey, I need you to do this. Hey, you know, quicker. Hey, move to the left, yes. move to the right. I liked that sort of no, they, aspect. It was they, a cool novel thing. Yes, I agree. And and this is why I ended up coming out a little higher on it than I thought I was going to. Mm-hmm. Remember we talked after, yeah. and I was like, I actually, I really do like this game. I don't think it's a great game, but I, I really enjoyed my time with it. Is because. They set up a lot of really interesting situations for you guys to be in and fun interactions with the co-op mechanics, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just between that line of goofy and bad where it's like a lot of times you're just like, this is just bad, I can't even laugh. And then a lot of times you're like, this is kind of silly and, yeah. and it's funny. Well, that's know? the thing. That's what I, I didn't like. I mean, talk about you know, voice acting, story, characters. It's like as cliche as it gets. Yeah. And that's okay if, like, they know it's cliche, but I have a feeling that they really, really were trying to do, like, a really yeah. serious prison break story. It's so weird. I'm sorry to, to cut you off. I've been watching Westworld Season 2. Okay. The guy that plays Leo is a character in it. No way. It's Joseph Forrest's brother, the director of the game, A Way Out. His brother plays Leo. Okay. And he's in Westworld? And he's in Westworld, and he sounds exactly like he's Leo. Like, he looks Yo, like Yo, I get things done. Yeah, but, yeah. He's, he's so weird. But, is that actually how he talks? He's like, hey, what's going on? Like, he's like totally a stereotype. I'm like, Jesus, look at him. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That was like what detracted from the game. There's certain moments where me and my sister would just turn our heads at each other. There's a whole scene where Leo um, meets his son. And his son, oh my God, his son. <laughs> I love you, Dad. The worst Hi, Dad. Of all time. Dad, I'm so angry at yeah, you, Dad. It's very and then you got to play basketball with him. Which but- is so terrible. <laughs> so... There's this whole scene, right? So Leo hasn't seen his wife in forever, hasn't seen his son. His son finds out that he's in prison. And, like, you know, it's just, like, a really, like, rough sort of, like, thing that any family would have to deal with if yeah. that happens in your family. Yeah, normal <laughs> yeah, everyday it, family. Listen, it happens. Dad's in jail again. It happens. But, so, like, out of nowhere, he was like, hey, why don't we go play basketball with my kid? So Vincent, that was your bad. companion, <laughs> yeah, he was like, okay, no problem. But it's just... <laughs> So obtuse because, like, you're running away from the cops. The cops are actually just where you were, and like, you're in the middle of playing basketball. And you're so, this was the best part, though. So, uh, I played as Vincent, so like, I get the ball and like to dribble. He's just like, oh, yeah, like that. Crazy. But the best was you'd ask for the kid to pass it to you, and the kid would look at you, and then you go, 
And he'd throw it like the, uh, And then Vincent would go, you're a pro. You're a real pro. Really good. You think, and, you think but, so? But think about... I love the dialogue in this game. It's so bad because he's like, you know, I think you could grow up to be a real pro. And the kid is like, you really think yeah, so? That's and he's it. like, yeah, a real pro. Like, he says it, like, multiple times. I'm like, who the fuck wrote this trash? Well, that's the thing, too. It's just so many, like... I think I talked about this last time, too, where, like, they're sitting there and, you know, hey, Mr. Overthinker, hey, you know, what can I say? You know, I think things through. You know, not like you. You're hasty. And they're like, well, I get things done. You know, like, that, like that crap. One of my favorite <laughs> ones is when... I think it's Vincent making fun of Leo's fear of heights, I think it is. Oh, because you go on the plane, right? And he yeah. says something where he's like, he's like, ha, ah, I bet you were a chicken when you were a kid. Or he said like something, and he keeps like going on about it. He's like, shut up, I was not. And they like go back and forth. I remember like, that, yeah. What the fuck? It's just like, I'm not a wimp. Yeah. I'm not a wimp. Two minutes uh, later. I bet you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, even wasn't there, there's like an arcade machine that they can oh, play. Yeah. And Leo's just like, hey, let's play it. That's like when we were kids, you know? Just like when we were kids, you know? Like, when we were kids. And it's just like stuff like that where you're just like... It's so bad. But okay. let's talk about... I want to talk okay. about some of the good stuff. All right. So seriously. I want to talk about specific scenes. Let's freaking... Okay, do we want to go into the ending? Yeah. Well, before we get to the ending. Bam. The... A scene I... Re- there were two major scenes that okay. I really liked. And then the ending scene I also appreciated. But okay. the two that I really liked was first the Hitman scene at the theater. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're like making a phone call yeah. and the guy comes out uh-huh. and starts shooting. That scene was really cool, really well shot, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And the different cuts between Oh, that. yeah, where he's trying to get through the door. Yeah. And like, you got it, yeah. Really, really cool. Uh-huh. Like, that's the shit that this game does so well. Agreed. And I wish it was just that. Yeah. And I wish it was much less spoken words and mm-hmm. much more of just like show. brothers was like, like show yeah. not tell kind of thing yeah. like brothers i think this would have been a much better game but again i had fun with it because it was goofy yeah. so the dialogue you can laugh at it oh, you said point. the tommy was those stuff it like. is i mean we saw literally that bad but not all of it is laughable because some of it is like just so bad that it's uh, yeah. not even funny you know you're I mean? my friend danny you've always been my friend that you're like this isn't actually even funny. And yeah. then there's sometimes you're like, all right, this is fucking stupid. But the other scene, the next one that I really liked was the hospital. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, where you're both trying, you're both different. Where you split paths. up, yeah, and that one was camera. cool. That was really cool. And, the fact and it splices that they, it. Yeah, and the fact that they did that without overusing it. Mm-hmm. And that scene was like just yeah. so well done. Or like it you're was on like, one floor yeah. and then it just it was like heat. And there you are on the yeah. when you're like going the camera pans down and then it's like zooms in on, on the you other and floor. you're yeah, the, the really other cool. guys on the other floor. Like yeah. that sort of stuff. Definitely. That whole scene was really, really well done. And then the ending. I'm torn on because number one, I think it's a really interesting mechanic. Did you see it coming? Yeah. Oh really? You yeah. knew that Vincent was gonna Spoilers. Yeah, double well, cross. We're selling spoilers. Don't worry about that. Oh, but okay. we, so Vincent basically was a cop the whole time, and he uh, decides, you know, he basically goes against Leo, and they have this big thing where he, Leo grabs him, they drive away, and they have this fight in this parking garage or whatever. I forget even what it was, and they, um, it basically comes down to one of you is gonna die and one of you is gonna live. Yeah, which. As a mechanic, in this co-op game where they flip it and now make it competitive. That was cool. It's very cool, and I love it. I think the story that they wrote Uh was totally incongruous with that choice. Because Vincent, throughout this story, would not have turned against Leo. He would have figured out a way to just say, like, listen, I'm going to let you go. You're going to go hide somewhere, like... That's the ending that it should have been. Yeah. As far as the way I that agree, story was yeah. going, because they, these guys were becoming closer and closer, yeah. and and then all of a sudden Vincent's like, "Yeah, that's it for you. You got to go You're in." Up. It's like it like, doesn't make I any can sense. I can give you a light sentence. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any You're sense. You're absolutely right about that. So that's a really good I point. hated that. Yeah. That was the ending, but the mechanic itself was really smartly done and I actually really really like it. Well that was cool when you were cooperating the entire time and then now you're yeah because what happens is you literally it splits the screen yeah and. It's a competitive third-person shooter now yeah. where you have health bars, and guess what? First person to die actually gets killed. Actually gets killed in the game, yeah. And it's really good, and I actually like both of the endings, too. Uh, 
again a little a little heavy rainish with the weird uncanny valley with you know some of these characters showing emotion yeah. is kind of weird um but i liked both the endings and i think overall it was a, like i that's why i came out of this game and being like i really like this game mm-hmm. is because it has a lot of good stuff to offer and it has so many good ideas like, it really does so many good uh, yeah. ideas that's why I, I told you that before you even started if if they gave Naughty Dog and said they went to Naughty Dog and said write us a story and we'll do the mechanics like this yeah honestly that could be one of the best games of the year it's that good yeah at, at what it does <clears throat> but it's just so it, it's it's Tommy Wiseau man and I think there are certain moments where it actually comes together in the story mm-hmm. a few moments yeah that are touching or whatever but they're not conveyed by the actors no at all so no. it's, well, and it's hard the, and just the writing is just not good the writing is just not good yeah. Though, I, I, I like what you said. Yeah, that would have been cooler if Vincent... Even if they did the, you know, turn against each other mechanic, and then there and came then at the end, a point where Vincent's like, okay, like... But it, the other thing that's cool is, it is cool to be like, hey, one of these guys has to die, mm-hmm. and you're the two players. Yeah. That's a cool idea. But this wasn't that story that yeah. they were telling. Yeah. I, I just don't believe it was. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, it's two disparate parts. Like, make the story you're telling, but don't end it on this really cool idea just because you have a cool idea you know what i mean like it it, that's kind of how the game seemed like it was built was like this guy had in his brain man it'll be really cool if we were co-op doing this let's figure out how to get that in the story i also just realized vincent was a cop and like killed a lot he killed a lot of people people. yeah yeah and like and like the pd officer was just like oh no you had to like avenge your brother it's all ridiculous (laughs) and it's all super cliched like Everything is trope, 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 yeah. trope. But yeah, overall, what would you think? Overall, like it was a really, really good game. I um, yeah. I'm glad I played it. Um, I really am. That's why I say I'm careful the way I talk about it because I'm like it's not a great game. I wouldn't, but say, I really liked it. I wouldn't say that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not a great game. I don't know where it's going to fall up on our uh, game of the year list, but yeah. I, I definitely, uh, I definitely know that it will be one that you know I like to talk about. It. I think it's definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, a good game. Definitely off the beaten path a little bit. And it's, I really, it's a game I, that I, I enjoyed, like that. but I don't think is a great game. Yeah. That's how I put it. So, no more spoilers. A way out. No more a way out talk. I'm glad you finished it. Um, I am too. I still uh, so get through God of War. Yeah, you do. You do. We still want to have that spoiler cast one of these days. One of these days. Seven months. Probably, probably. yeah. Probably a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> right when it's relevant. Uh, all right, so I also had a pretty light gaming week. I only played Battletech, which I told you a lot about last week. Yeah. Um, I do have more to talk about, so I'll, I'll do a little bit of that, but I'm not going to inundate you guys because I'm sure nobody else is playing that game, even though it's one of the best games of the year. <laughs> playing one. Just like you're the only person. But Battletech still continues to be a totally addicting and amazing game. Mm-hmm. Um Still have my exact same gripes that I had. A little repetitive in the random events as you're like cycling through the days. Um, but as you go on and on, the gameplay just gets better and better as you get bigger and cooler and better mechs. Like, you know, because I told you there are different classes, light, right. medium, heavy, and assault. Like now I have an assault mech and three heavies. And they're just badass. Like yeah. they look awesome. Yeah. They play, they're really fun to use. You know, all these different new weapons that I'd never seen before. Now I'm fighting other assault and heavies that I've never seen. And I'm like, man, look at this. Like this one called the King Crab that's just like a badass. has crazy cannons on it. It's like, this game is so good. Awesome. It, it satisfies in on so many different levels. You know what I mean? Like, as a tactics game, it's near perfect. Yeah. And then you get these giant robots that are really freaking cool and then the story is actually really good so that's awesome the music is fantastic like it's just a really really good complete package it seems to completely have taken uh your focus off of what was that game play frostpunk was it called yeah yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely i've i'm 100 percent going back to frostpunk the battle takes like really on your mind right now that's it's all really, i'm playing yeah yeah because it's got its hook to me so when i finish Battletech, or when I have a lull at any point after, which it doesn't seem like there's much, mm-hmm. especially if um, Detroit isn't very good, um, then I definitely will go immediately back to Frostpunk. Cool. Um, but yeah, loving Battletech, um, really cool twist in the story, 
you know, they, they're, they're obviously setting it up as, like, Game of Thrones in space. Yeah. That's their pitch. They want it to be that. Like, you can tell by the way everything's written that it's, like, they're looking to expand this universe out even more. You know, they're trying to be like, hey, you see, see what kind of writing we can do? Because it, it is good, but it's very, you know, iterative, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's enjoyable, and, and there are good twists, and, you know, characters you love die, like that sort of stuff, you know. It's, it's, it's very good, and, uh, again, anybody that's even mildly interested in tactics games. Awesome. Couldn't recommend it anymore. Cool. It's one of my favorite games. That's game. awesome. Yeah. So, that's what we've been playing, just those two games for this week. Uh, we also don't have a Metal Gear Corner this I week. Know. Dan, I'm sorry. Dan was not able to get around to it, but that's all right. We'll catch up with him next week. Um, so we're gonna just I think I'm just dive not, I'm into... not going to play Metal Gear anymore. I think, I think you know, I think I'm just done. Um... <laughs> don't know if no, I, I know. It was a rough week, but I'll definitely get back yeah. to it. Uh... It's no big deal. You can't, you know, can't be expected to do it every week. Um, so we're going to jump into our main topic for today. <clears throat> Uh, we have kind of a preliminary list here of things that came to off the top of our heads. Um, the topic basically is, so we've done in the past a uh, topic where it would be like, what's a game that you loved when you were a kid and then now you realize it was a bad game? Yeah. We're not doing that. What we're doing is games that we loved when we first played them, but then as we start thinking about them and critiquing them and looking back on them we start to see the flaws and maybe this wasn't the great game that we thought it was yeah so there's two aspects of this games we loved and then soured on or games that so not even including the second half it can also include games that we started fell in love with and then totally fell off yeah. midway through as like man i i thought i loved this game and then no by more. the end i was like i don't even really like this game you know so we have that aspect and then we have games we hated at first, and then as time went on, years went on, we learned to love that game. So we have two lists here, just things that we thought of, and we're just going to kind of get into them. Um, I think a pretty, pretty good fun one to start off with is uh, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Okay. For me. All right. So always been a huge Zelda fan, you know, loved everything from... The original, mm -hmm. you know, to Breath of the Wild was our game of the year last year. So, I love Zelda. There was nothing more hyped at the time than Twilight Tell Princess. I know you were you were a little younger at the time. Um, you know, this was right at the launch of the Wii. This was, what, 2005? Mm -hmm. um, I was a 10, 11-year-old boy. Yeah, so I was a little bit older, um, but... You were a tough as nails kid. <laughs> definitely, definitely tough as nails, but the... Uh, the hype train on this game was just nonstop going off the rails because it was like we everybody loved Ocarina. Mm -hmm. Majora's Mask, people were torn on, but they were like, okay, we were just happy to be back in the Ocarina world. Wind Waker, people didn't like. Yeah, that's so crazy. Because, because Even though they're all idiots. The people that didn't like Wind Waker because it was cartoonish, I, you can get the right the fuck out on that because... That's just stupid. That game's amazing. But it was a case that some people said, like, ah, oh, it's too kiddy, yeah. blah, 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 whatever. So then we see these trailers for Twilight Princess. It looks like Ocarina, but with updated graphics, like, beautiful, like, dark. This is, like, real, real Zelda, like, realistic, like, you know, all these different things. And everyone's getting so hyped about yeah, it. Yeah. And I played it, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, you did like yeah. you actually enjoyed it at first. Of course. Loved it. And the reason I loved it was because I was like, man, it's more Zelda. Yeah. It's it's like it's like my favorite series is like growing up with me. Yeah. Like this is more mature and adult. <laughs> and sure enough, I was a dumb 14, 15 year old. And as I started going, you know, years later going back to the game, you had the absolutely one probably the worst case of the opening tutorial being hours long. Oh, yeah. Terrible in that Every, game. Yeah, everything. That game in particular is terrible at that. Then you have the whole Wolf Link thing. I, yeah, I never... Terrible. Yeah, no. Absolutely terrible. Not fun to control. Not fun to play. Well, even then, even controlling, you don't really even control it. You just hit A and you jump. Yes. Yeah, it's it, not was, 
it's so frustrating to play now. <clears throat> and I know that there are there are still fans of Twilight Princess that talk about the dungeon design and how good it is. And well, some people really love it because I'm sorry yeah. to cut you off, but they just came out with the remaster too. Yeah. Like it's not you know, uh, it's still well liked. Mm -hmm. I look back on that, and it's one of my least favorite Zelda games. And that doesn't make it a bad game. And that's why I'm saying like this topic is not. Hey, I love this game, and then I found out it was bad. It's I love this game, and then I realized it's not as good as I thought it was. You know yeah. what I mean? Where you can look back on it and be thoughtful about it and be like, ah, like I really loved it at the time. Like we could do it with hundreds of movies where it's like you see it and you're like, wow, that was amazing. Like that opened my mind. Like how many '90s dramas were like mind blowing at the time, and now you look at them and they're very formulaic. Well, yeah, and it's. Oh, I could, yeah, I could name like a hundred right now. But you know, yeah. like you th you thought it was like doing something, and it's like that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. This kind of concept, and you're like, you know? it's kind of just like white noise. It's just yeah. So Twilight Princess for me is that perfect example of it. It is has so many flaws, so many flaws, and for me, the the high points don't outweigh the low mm. points, and that's why it like settled in around the bottom of my list yeah. for Zelda games, but. You know, that's me. That's one game on this list that we that we had to talk about. That's really um, that's that's you know that's a good point. I, for some reason, I always thought that you always just hated Twilight Princess, but no, there was a point that you. Yeah, I mean, a lot of games that I look back on with a little like distaste mm -hmm. are because I've gone back to them with a different perspective. Okay. You know, like especially when I was younger, you know, waiting for every issue of Game Informer, reading all these previews, like getting hyped for this game. It's like. I loved the game because I felt like I had to love yeah, that game, okay. you know? And it was also, I didn't have the money to buy whatever games I want. Like, now I play every game I want to play, and it's like, it wasn't like that then. So it's like, you kind of got behind it, you know what I mean? Your, it's like, it's your horse in the race. nickels like, and dimes. My, just to, this is my yeah. game. It's so good, you know? It's like, so at the time, I really loved it. Even, it was even like three or four years after it came out, I replayed it, mm -hmm. and I was like, and then I played it again when it came out on Wii U. What always bothered me about it was is that like I I appreciate that they're trying to go for something like more mature and dark, but like for me it wasn't even like the story. It was just like they made it look dark, like they literally made, like, dark. It was yeah. like legit, like the gate, like the yeah. colors were just yeah. like pale and, no, and, I, and and just yeah. I don't know. Not a huge, not a huge fan of that one, but um, at the time I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, give me one of yours off this list. Yeah. Let's see. Okay, so um, actually a more recent game, uh, Fallout Four. Um, I love Fallout 3. I think that's pretty unanimous. A lot of people love Fallout 3. Just like that whole opening and just like how it's like a continuous, even though the side quest is like a continuous through line of, you know, oh, you know, you're trying to find your father and stuff like that. So like that. So when Fallout 4 came out, also I love Bethesda, I love Skyrim and Oblivion and stuff. So I was like, oh, great. Like, cool. Another, I can kind of immerse myself in the world. Um, again, when I got it, I loved it. I know. I think it was like 2015, like late 2015. Mm -hmm. I just remember I was in school, in college, and I remember I skipped class so that I could go to Best Buy and buy it. <laughs> like I, I, went to my, I went to my one class and then I skipped my other one so I could go to Best Buy and buy it. I came home and like the entire day I just, I had so much fun. I even enjoyed things like building the structures and, and all that. Well, I thought that was the, I thought the first neighborhood you're in, I thought that was the only one that you had to like worry about. And then I realized that you have to worry about like 85,000 mm -hmm. ones. But, um, I loved it. I thought it was great. I loved the characters. Um, I loved, uh, that guy, Vincent, was it not Vincent Valentine? That's from Final Fantasy. Um, uh, Nick Valentine. Nick Valentine. Uh, the Blade Runner guy. Like he's like the replicant. I, I loved that. Um, I loved some of the, the cities, some of the worlds. I really, really had a great time with that game. I went to the end. I thought the brother, not the brotherhood, um, not the brotherhood, uh, the railroad. I thought that was really, really cool. Like they tried to like help escape uh, 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 robots. Yeah. Pick up the yeah the machines. Um, I thought that was really, really cool. I, I I loved the you know the dynamics between all the different you know factions. You know the four. Um, I had a great time with it. Beat it. Put it away. And never really thought about it again. <laughs> never thought about it again until I forget we were talking. I think it came out in November or whatever. We were talking about oh our best games. This is before the podcast. And we were like really doing serious game of the year lists. But I remember uh, we were always saying oh what were some of your favorite games last year? Like what would you put in a list? And I completely didn't mention Fallout 4 at all. And then I remember we were talking about it, and I was just like, you know, now looking back on it, like. 
I really, really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it and like playing it. Like I was really immersed and I actually like loved it. It was all I thought about for a time. But like looking back on it, I have like empty feelings towards yeah, it. There's just there, there was just something about it that didn't. Yes. So there are a few things that I wanna that I wanna bring up with that specifically. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of how I talked about Destiny Two last year. Yes. Okay. In and that's perfect for this list as well, where it's like you had a fervor and want to play, yeah. and you played and played and played, and you were enjoying your time with it. But when you put it down, you don't look back on it with the kind of reverence that you look no. back on some of your favorite games. Mm-hmm. As. And that doesn't mean you didn't enjoy your time with it, but it obviously didn't leave a lasting impression. Yeah. So maybe it's not that great of a game. Yeah. It's kind of what it is. Um, I had a similar. Similar experience with another, and this one is gonna is gonna get me a lot of hate, I'm sure. I had a similar experience to that of with Skyrim. Okay. Because I I don't hate you, Dan. Loved Morrowind, loved Oblivion, and when I played Skyrim, I I was loving it as I was playing it. I was in it. I was in it. I was enjoying it. But then I kept comparing it to Oblivion, mm-hmm. and like certain aspects to Oblivion, certain aspects to Morrowind, and I was like, it wasn't surprising in the same way that the brotherhood was in oblivion yeah and this part wasn't that surprising as it was like i kept like doing that and i did the exact same thing with fallout 4 to fallout 3 where i was like i remember getting every single achievement in fallout 3 and oblivion yeah because i i remember it's almost like this is a topic we'll have to do another day but it's almost like there's something to a game that is smaller in scope mm-hmm but still open, like still an open world, but there's not so many things to do that certain things become not as memorable. Like in Fallout 3, I remember so vividly these certain specific missions. Like there was an oasis out in the wasteland. I remember that. that. You just walking out of nowhere. And you walked out and all of a sudden, wow, what the hell is yeah, this? I gotta yeah, check yeah. it out. And then there was a, there was this place where you could go into like VR and go into this like old black and white town yeah and you were like this killer clown it was like this oh my god that's right yeah yeah but it's like i have such vivid memories of this and three months after i played fallout 4 i didn't have any of those yeah and it's like is that the game or is it my fatigue with the game i don't with that series like you know there's something to unpack there that Mm -hmm. i that i'm not capable of doing at this moment but it's like i had the same feeling with skyrim and fallout 4 and i know skyrim's a great game and i and i loved it at the time obviously yeah but it's like, I don't have that same feeling like I had with Oblivion and Fallout yeah. 3. Yeah, well, that's how I feel. With Skyrim and Fallout, Fallout 4. 4. Yeah. That's what I felt about with both yeah, of them. definitely. And, yeah, those are, that fits into this category in mm-hmm. a way because you're right. It's like you're not looking back on it with the same love. So, it's not even that. Like, I can't even... There's nothing memorable, yeah. Other than, like I said, I love Nick Valentine. But other than that, like, I just remember playing and playing and playing it. But yeah. looking back now, you could ask me... What was your favorite moment? And yeah. like I, yeah, I can't even think of one. Yeah, no, so. I hear you. I, you know? I think Fallout Four is a good candidate for this. Um, huge one for me, and and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about this one is uh, Bioshock Infinite. Okay, yeah, yeah Bioshock yeah. Infinite. So huge Bioshock fan, of course. You know, incredible game. Bioshock Two, I was very disappointed with. Mm-hmm. Um, love Minerva's Den, the DLC for Bioshock Two. I felt like it got back into that. You know, a lot of people say um, Steve Gaynor. Steve Gaynor was the lead designer on Minerva's Den, and he's the guy that made Gone Home. Okay. So uh, if you play Minerva's Den, you really see that DNA of like what he's the ideas he's coming up with mm-hmm. in that. And then he, of course he left in the beginning of Infinite or before Infinite, started his own company and made Gone Home. So it's like I like Minerva's Den for similar reasons to why I like the original because it understood what we didn't like about Bioshock 2. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we got to Infinite and again, hype off the of charts yeah. for this game. It was like crazy. It was a new world. It was a new All thing. These, yeah, yeah, crazy like in the sky. Like we didn't know what was going mm-hmm. on. Everything's very colorful. It's like the, it's almost like the anti-rapture, you know? And uh, so we're like, we got to see like, you know, what's going on. So I played this game and I absolutely loved it when I played it. I thought it was like revolutionary storytelling like loved it like all about it and even in the few months following i remember just thinking about certain things and reading criticism pieces and this and that and like it's a super well-reviewed game like nobody's nobody's debating that 
it's not a revered game. Bioshock mm-hmm. Infinite, a lot of people would say is like an excellent, amazing game. But I look back on it and the way it's like trying to say something without really saying something. It'd be like, very centrist. It's very centrist. That yeah. game is like centrist the game. Yeah. But it totally posits itself as being edgy and right like because it's literally like a museum of racism right no exactly yeah it's a yeah like early america like so they're trying to do this but when you really examine it they're not really doing it yeah you know and so i look back on a game like bioshock infinite and i'm like i don't love it yeah because of those things yeah so it's like that's this is this is what made me think of this this topic in general is this game in, in specific because it, it is a good thing to look back on the things that we liked and examine, like, why we liked them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, God of War, for example. Perfect example. The old God of War games, I loved them when I was younger. And then I started thinking about them, and I'm like, I, I don't know if this is really cool, you know, yeah. whatever. And then the new one, you know, addresses a lot of these issues. And, you know, it's not without its faults, but it's, it's an amazing game. Mm-hmm. And so, Bioshock Infinite... It fits into that category so well yeah. of like critically lauded, like everyone loves this game. It's incredible. The things it said, you know, like kind of like All feeding stuff, yeah. into like what Ken, Ken Levine thought he was doing, but really he was kind of afraid to actually make a statement, you know? So that's a good example. There are things that I still love about that game. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the combat's terrible. You know, it's oh, yeah, super no, monotonous. A, it's very, it's very Wolfenstein combat. It's like, rough. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just totally pointless. But, even in the game, like I, I think there were a lot of interesting ideas, like when with the little riffs in the world, mm-hmm. with the pop '80s pop yeah. music coming out of them yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Like there was a lot of really good intrigue there, um, but overall, as a whole, there were so many issues that I had with it, especially looking back on it. That, that this is like the you know the poster child for games you love that soured on. Exactly. Uh, what do you got for me? Um, next, I'm gonna talk about a game I know you're very, very <laughs> in love with. See, um, this one hurts. This one hurts I'm me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Prey just came out last year. Uh, Dude, that game kicks ass, like, the first, like, few hours. Like, it really is so cool. Like, seriously, I would tell anybody, and I'm sure I've said this before, so if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. If you can get a demo of that game somewhere, just play, like, the first two hours. Like, just like, get it just to do the beginning. Because that is just such a cool intro. It's a one very of the cool intro. I would argue that, at the game. very least, I mean... I, I would agree that the back end of that game is really rough. It's just, it but gets, I don't think I, I think there's some good hours in there. No, definitely. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. I don't want. But <laughs> don't just say hey, the first two hours are the only good part. <laughs> no, I mean unless I, you believe that. No, 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 no. But like the there's like a like once you get to the middle section, I love those sort of like games with those systems. I love those games where you can kind of just explore mm-hmm. the world and like it is cool. You're on the space station. You're stranded on the space station. And you don't know what's going on. And you, you know, kind of find all these clues, like, through your environment, through people you meet, and just through, you know, looking around. John F. Kennedy is, like, 150, he's still alive, and we live in space now. Like, all these, like, cool little interesting things that you got to look for. Um, But there's, like, once I got to about maybe, like, 10 hours in, where it all became, like, okay, well, you need to go over here and hit this button so that we can open that. But in the meantime, you got 70 enemies that are just so brutal and so difficult. It just, it becomes a bit of a slog to play through. So I loved it at first. I was playing it every day. I was just, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like the beginning was amazing. Like I'm loving this. Like I'm loving this world. Getting all these upgrades, all these weapons. And then I know when it hit me. There's that point where you walk out and there's like this main like hub world area like it looks like a park and there's like trees and stuff Mm -hmm. and there's like branching Mm -hmm. paths and i think that moment is when it was just it became such a slog where it was just like and i love open world and it didn't it's not that it needed to be linear but like having all those like go this way oh maybe you're in the wrong way maybe go that way and and the reason this one hurts me so much is because this could have been this game has the it has the DNA to be like one of my favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. Like it has the parts, but it totally shit the bed on the combat. Yeah, and it's it's not because the combat's not interesting. Because I think there are certain things you can do in combat that are interesting, and some of the abilities that you can get yeah. if you take the the whatever the well, I forget what they call it. 
where you like kind of make yourself alien. Oh, you eject yourself. I, yeah, yeah, but you, when you start using those kind of abilities, uh-huh. it, it can get really interesting. But there's so much of it, yeah. and the enemies respawn every time you leave and come back, and it's like. There is a version of this game that is literally maybe my favorite game of all time. Like, it's that good at what it does. Yeah. The emails, the writing in it, the mystery of it. Yeah. So many of these little pieces. It's like it's like the best Bioshock game that there is. Yeah, it really is. And In that respect. And, and but that's what I'm saying. Like, those... but, I, but that's why it's it like, oh, I know. come on. I, so I think the combat actually does ruin it. it but that's all that it is. Because I enemies. don't think that that area, that open area that you're talking about, the branching paths and stuff... I don't think that's as egregious if there's no enemies to fight. It would be an issue if there's that, that, that freaking enemy that's like that huge like cloud now, looking. Like... Wait, you're talking about the one that flies or the big yeah, one? Yeah, no, it was the big one that like flies yeah. like the greenhouse. And, I like, think you meant the big, I forget what it's called, like the the giant one that like fills up No, but it's just like you're in this open like hub area yeah. and you're just trying to go this way, but like that guy spots you and like yeah. he just keeps, it just, and then you get stuck where like you get to the point where like for me, at least, you know, you're saving every second because it's just getting, like, way too difficult. But then you're stuck, and then you can't progress anywhere. And it's just, I guess it just becomes a slog to play through. And I'm oh, sorry, Craig. I no, know. no, I, I agree, which is what sucks. <laughs> I, I, again, I, I, I really think they could have made, like, yeah. a masterpiece out of yeah. that game. There's The world itself is awesome. Everything is good yeah. about it, except the combat ruins it. Because even exploring that space station with sparser combat... I, I always said, if they made it so that it was just the mimics mm-hmm. and the occasional boss... Yeah. Like, if it was just mimics, but maybe they did more damage or something. Yeah. It's like, that would have been an amazing game. Because... That idea of anything around you could be an enemy. That's cool. It was so cool. Yeah. And it was te- it made it terrifying. Yeah. Like everything you went to go pick up or yeah, go near, you're yeah. like looking until obviously you get the thing that lets you spot the uh-huh. next. And then it ruins the whole game. But it's like if they didn't have all these different enemy types. Like they, I don't know who told them that they had to have this combat. Yeah. Because it clearly didn't seem like they wanted it. Yeah. If it was just like the abilities you were gaining were... If it was just like the abilities you were gaining were helping you traverse differently or enter different doors, like if it was more Metroid-y in the abilities rather than combat-focused, good amount of incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, come on. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, I know. It's okay. Uh, huge one for me. I've talked about it a thousand times, so I'm not going to dwell on it. It's Final Fantasy VII. Um, the interesting thing is a lot of time you guys hear me just talk about Final Fantasy VII stinks, it's overrated, yada yada. Spiky hair and zippers. When it came out, I loved it. Like every other, you know, young kid. Angsty young man? I mean, I wasn't really angsty at Thomas age six. Kid. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, it, it was, you know, it, it, it's still a well-made, really good RPG. And I think I liked the, you know, tone and everything it was going for until I got a little bit older and then I started thinking about it. Um, so that one kind of doesn't fit in here because it is kind of like a game you liked when you were a kid. I put it in here because it actually is a good game. Mm-hmm. It's not like I liked it when I was a kid, but it's bad. Yeah, like it's a good game. I don't like it, but it's a good game. You know what I mean? Well, I gotta say, I uh, I don't mean to cut you off. Right to, I'm sorry. No, it was like for me the first ten hours. The, the, the first part, maybe I realized I like the dumper on my brain today. The first few hours, or whatever, where you're in uh, Midgard. Like I like that. I like that, and I liked. That's sort of what they were going for there. Like it's like this like totalitarianism, so like state and like you know like these different you know factions and you're like a terrorist group. Yeah. And but you're like freedom fighter. Like it's just like in this like the whole of dimensions and layers within that and all these characters. But then once it got to the point where like I don't know, I think there's so many cop outs where it's like oh, this whole time you think Cloud is this guy. But now he's having this nervous breakdown. But the truth is, he was just lying this entire time. Like you know, just that crap. And it's just like such a cop out and such like a, this is stupid. Yeah. Like it, yeah. I lost it for me. I know that game. I mean, you know, we have a long storied history of talking. We could do a whole episode. Game, we, could, but, we could do a whole episode. But I on think it. you know that's enough about that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, if you look on I'll say well. again briefly. Um. You know, there's one major one on here that I want to talk about in depth. Uh. But I'm going to talk about two quickly and just get them out of the way. Um. Assassin's Creed. Uh, again, another one I've talked about a lot on these shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked the first one when it came out, especially. Yeah. 
like I got almost every achievement. I might have even got every achievement. Like I loved just exploring that world that was so unique and new. Like uh, the climbing felt cool. I never played anything like it before. And then of course more came out and I totally didn't like them at all. Even though there were better games, it was more of the same. And now I look back on that game and I'm like, eh, it wasn't really doing much, yeah. you know, like it was, it was new and interesting and that's why I liked it. It doesn't make it a good game. Yeah, sure. Uh, Gears of War franchise, I'll, I'll include in here as well. Soured on is the term because I still think these are very good games and I think they're fun to play. They control well. I like playing them online, multiplayer especially, but back when they came out, there weren't this there wasn't this uh breadth of story games mm -hmm. so you felt like this is all you had you know and it's kind of just like a schlocky action you know story like, yeah the, the story of these games are not great but at the time i i really thought they were because we didn't have much to compare them to mm -hmm. um so looking back on that and the story i'm kind of like eh, you know it's not really anything eh. special it's just kind of like i love you bro <laughs> like it's it, that's that's pretty much the game <laughs> Uh, One more time. I love you, bro. Damn, you never told me you love me. <laughs> I love you, too. Uh, the last one, the big one I want to talk about here is Heavy Rain. Um, okay. We touched on it when we did our discussion about our our good, good boy, David Cage. Um, our good boy, our papa. No, what do they call him? Yeah, papa. Our sun god or whatever. Papa, the sun god, our sun a.k.a. Our <laughs> No, he... What a dweeb. The thing about this game is when it came out, I really liked it. Okay. And I played it right when it came out. Okay. And I still, to this day, think it does a lot of interesting things, almost in a, a way out style. But the difference is where a way out is goofy and you can laugh at it for being bad, Heavy Rain is not goofy at all. And it's super self-serious, and it, it thinks it deserves, like, best picture. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it's so over-the-top in its delivery yeah. that you look at it now and you roll your eyes. When it came out, there wasn't much like it. It was, it was really kind of, you know, brand-new idea with all these different branching paths yeah. and the story. You know, and, and like I said, there's still things that I think it did well. I think you look back on it, the acting is terrible, the writing's terrible, uh, they pronounce origami about 50 different ways in that game. Uh, between origami, 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 like they say, <laughs> it's terrible. And uh, I think you look back on this game, There are there's problematic parts yeah. in how they treat women. There's problematic yeah, parts no, in how they treat um, different, not races, but different cultures. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, the game has major issues. Yeah. And I think at the time you looked over, you looked past those things because you were like, wow, look, it's trying to push the medium forward in storytelling because we didn't have much else to go on. Yeah. Now we're, you know, whatever it is, 10 years later, it's it's a different world. And we look back on this game and it's like, eh, yeah, no. that game's not, not so good. I got to say, playing Until Dawn made me realize, like, Until Dawn yeah. did a better Heavy Rain than Heavy Rain. Oh, like, yeah. until, like, that's... Super massive. I, I hope they get to do another game in that style because no matter what they do... That's the way that's the way it should have been it. done, yeah. Even in gameplay. It does that weird gameplay of, mm -hmm. like, you know, hold R2 and push up. Like, <laughs> all, all those weird, like, mechanics. Yeah. It does that in the right way mm -hmm. you know where it's not frustrating well that's what i thought was just we would have your own too i mean i guess it was cool and i guess at the time i played it a little bit later than when uh when it first came out but um you know you're just walking around it's like oh you'll pick up a pen to write something so like you gotta go and you gotta go <laughs> and you're you're holding like five buttons just to pick yeah up just to pick it up yeah. i'll never forget actually <laughs> And because like you can't get out of those events, yeah. there's no way. So, so like, it will reverse when you let go of the buttons. What was the? I remember one time you play it. Oh, was that? Was it Ethan? Ethan. Yeah. Ethan, you're at his refrigerator, and like he has orange, <laughs> and he has to drink orange juice. But like you have to shake the remote just precisely from to shake the orange juice, and it was taking me like seven days just to like. And he's just like, yeah. In the <laughs> in the time when that game came out, it was. It was new and special. I, I mean, there so were people that, that, that disliked it, obviously, yeah. but there there were things that did well and there were things that didn't do well. I look back on that game with a much... More reverence. No, less reverence. Le much less reverence than I would have told you right after beating it. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah.
Um, now let's go to the other side of this. The okay. other side is games that we hated at first. Cool. Grew to love over time. Let's do it. You have a couple big ones here that I tend to agree with. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to start with uh, I'm a big Castlevania fan. Love all the Castlevania games. I've probably played every single one of them. I don't think I've missed one. Um, Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. I know that's the one that a lot of people crap on. A lot of people... You know, Nintendo did this weird thing back in the 80s. It was... Well, it wasn't weird at the time, but like looking back on it, um, you know, Mario 2, Zelda 2, Castlevania 2 were all very different than yeah, the first huge game. Departures. And then the third game. It's like the first and third games of each had like their formula that we know and love. But the second games were always kind of like... Well, off. think about it like this. Rather than saying the first and the third game are similar, it's... They thought the second game should be different, mm-hmm. and then when people said we really like the first oh, yeah, game, they, they went back yeah, and you're did right. it. You're absolutely third, right. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you're absolutely right. That's a good one. So, but Simon, yeah, Simon's it, Quest, I agree. Simon's Quest is you play Simon Belmont, and it's just it's very very weird. You're like you're you go to all these different towns, and everybody's giving you these really weird cryptic messages, and you kind of just roam around, and you just kind of end up in these like castles and you gotta get dracula's body parts yeah it's a very strange game the the interesting thing for me with this is simon's quest was my dad's favorite castlevania was it really when we were younger when i was younger so that's the one that i had the most experience with no when i was young yeah so but did you know I, all the secrets and stuff yeah i think he had like nintendo power okay and yeah it's like you know yeah. figuring it out or whatever but yeah i i remember playing with him simon's quest specifically so i didn't have that same experience but I mean, looking at the game, it's, like, obviously obtuse yeah. for obtuse's sake. Like, that, that that tile you have to kneel on or whatever. That's the thing. You have to get, like, the, you have to yeah. the right crystal so that uh, a tornado will come in. And, like, thank God for the internet. Like, finally, like, you know, however many ever years ago, once the internet started having the walkthroughs, I was able to look it up and, like, be, oh, okay, now I know how to beat it. But when you're a kid... I'm... Yeah, you, you know, you're just like I don't know where to go, and it, yeah. you know, like those like weird moments. And that's a perfect example of a game that could be, if you picked it up, if you had never played it, and you picked it up today, you might feel the same way. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Where you would be like, what the hell is this? And 100%. put it down, and then when you really think about it and look at this game, there's a lot to appreciate. Hundred percent. Like I really like Simon's Quest yeah, a definitely. lot, and obviously it's it's a tough tough one to get into. Yeah, definitely. I think that's kind of the theme of this section is, man, it's really obtuse or it's hard to get into it with all these games that yeah. we have on here they might be really hard to get into right. or they're obtuse or something but then when you get into them they're pretty rewarding yeah that's the idea so you know same thing with zelda 2 zelda 2 is the same way very very similar just a weird game especially after the first one it's yeah so different with the giant link sprite that's the thing and then when you're a kid too you know just like very difficult very hard you don't know where you're going there isn't really like a nice yeah. and again i'm i'm not I love open world games, but like, it wasn't like linear and like you get all these like cryptic hints on what mm-hmm. you have to do, you know. And again, I'm all no hand holding, but at the same time, like, same thing with Simon's Quest. Like, you're told, okay, you have to go to this mountain or whatever. I'm just, mm. just saying these things. You have to go to this mountain. So like, someone will tell you something along the lines of like, what once was tall and long. To go south, then north, then west, then south again. Uh, and like, you know, find the skull inside the tomb. It, like, it's just like stuff like that. And you're when just you like, played Minute, wasn't that so awesome though that they talked the same <laughs> way? Yeah, they did the same exact they thing. But, that like, same that, but they did that but same. But now you know you that have was the why. Context. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so that was good. why. But like that when, you know, when you're playing those for the first time at least, you're just like, like what am I supposed yeah. to? I'm pretty sure like you get like clues in these games that have nothing to do yeah, with the game. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I agree Thank with God for walkthroughs and like Nintendo yeah. Powers and stuff sure. like that. Uh, one that I think both of us had a similar experience with uh, and I had talked about before, but I haven't really heard yours end of this, is Dark Souls. Okay, well, um, Dark Souls... You you know, I'll briefly just say, you've heard me say it before on here, I started Dark Souls... Couldn't get past it, hated it, sold it back. It's Twice. So funny. I know what sold it back, right. bought it, tried it again, sold it back, bought it. And then the final time that I had it, I really put my head down and just said, I'm just going to fucking do it until I figure it out and fell in love with it. And that's one of your favorite games. Maybe your yeah. favorite game, right? Yeah, depending on the day you ask. That's so game. funny. Yeah, but so I want to hear your your uh, perspective. So again, Dark Souls I never beat. Um, but you were the one that got me into Dark Souls. I remember you telling me we were working together and I remember you saying, you know, there's this game... You know, it's one of those games where you're like you're gonna walk 
and then someone's gonna jump out and kill you, and then you're gonna play it again, and you're gonna realize that someone's gonna show up there, and it's like it's very like you learn by dying, and then it's like okay, he's like you're like Dan, like go to GameStop and go buy it. So like I did, and I played it. I'll never forget that that first like the dragon at first, and just like certain things happening. Um, the real like watershed moment for me was, and I, I'm sure I brought this up again, so I'm probably repeating myself. There's like, you're on a bridge and there's like the three skeletons and me being super offensive, just, oh, I'm just, I got a sword. I can totally take them and just running in and just trying to get them and just constantly dying. I had to put the game away. I, and I think I told you too, like I was just, I was having a really, really hard time with it. Uh, and I remember you always asking and I think I was always just like, yeah, I didn't really get to it. I didn't really get to it. But honestly, I just put it away because I was just like, I just, there's no way, it's just not for me. It's frustrating. It's just frustrating. Um, but then same sort of thing, like you said, now I never beat Dark Souls, but same sort of thing. I kind of, I read, actually, I remember reading a few articles on it and there was this one article, I don't know if it was Game Informer, I don't know if it was IGN, I forget, but they were talking about how like the magic of it is, is because you're dying so much and it's a learning game and it doesn't hold your hand and it's just about, you got to like treat every enemy as a boss so I kind of went in with that mindset, and I had a, a better experience with it. And then playing Bloodborne, um, yeah, just experience. absolutely loved it because I went in with knowing, the knowledge, with the knowledge being game. like, okay, I understand every enemy, whether it's like a small dog that shows up or anything, you got to like really plan everything everything out. And that's why I love Bloodborne, and that's why I, I also really, really enjoy Dark Souls. And I kind of actually now talking about want to go back and, and, and beat it. But same sort of thing. Remaster comes you know, out this month. Yeah, maybe I should just get that and just you know replay maybe it. We should, but um. Yeah, cool. Um, I know you have a couple more on here. Uh, we can touch on quickly. Uh, Super Metroid. Yeah, it's actually crazy. I know. I'm sure you were shocked to hear that. Super Metroid is one yeah, of my. I was top, shocked to hear it. Super Metroid probably top five games of all time. I love it, but when I was first playing it, I didn't like. And now, what I really appreciate, I didn't like the backtracking. I'm sure I brought it before. I don't like backtracking. I hate going all this way. And then having to go back. So I didn't like when I go all this way and then you get this weapon. And at least for my small brain, I was just like, well, I have this weapon now. Like, what am I supposed to do? I can't get this way. And I, I didn't appreciate that. Oh, you have to go back to that hole that, you know, you couldn't get up to kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But getting older, getting wiser and playing a lot more games and appreciating those kind of like more complex uh, adventure games. Super Metroid is one of my all-time favorite games of all time. And I could play that game over and over and over and over again. Um, and uh, I love it more now. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I know how much you love that game, so I didn't expect that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, here's another interesting one uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. Huh? I know, I know. When I first played it, I didn't like it at all. I thought it was too hard. I didn't like the graphics because you had already played Super Mario World. Super Mario World is my favorite game of all but time. You played it before 3. I played it before 3. Um, it's kind of the same thing when I played Skyrim before I went into Oblivion. You know, it's kind of like it was hard, it's hard to. Yes. To go back. So, like, Super Mario Brothers 3, I didn't like the colors, like, the palette. I just didn't think it, it was, wasn't, like, inviting. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was really, really, like, odd, and I don't mind that. But there were just certain things that were, like, really, really tough, really, really hard, especially, like, that last, I don't know if it was at World 8 or whatever, where, you're, like, you have to jump on all the tanks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, what am I, like, what is this? Like, this isn't, like, Mario, where's the, like, where is... Mm -hmm you know, the things that I, I know and love. Um, and again, I think a lot of it just comes with like experience and kind of like appreciating where, when games try to be different. You know, it's kind of like, I'll compare it to like the Beatles. I'm sure like if someone was like really big, like following the Beatles career, right? And like, you know, oh my gosh, I love, you know, I love Hard Day's Night. I love, you know, all these, you know, Please Please Me, I love all that stuff. And then, you know, they come out with like Revolver and you got songs like Tomorrow Never Knows or, you know, Eleanor Rigby, and you're just like, whoa, 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 this isn't what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like this. And I think it just comes with, like, appreciating, course, like, things yeah. that, that are different and trying to kind of push the envelope. So that's why, I, you know, it's now I love Super Mario Brothers 3. It's very interesting to, to think about someone playing World Before 3 because a lot of times people go 3, then World, and then they're like, wow, I love 3 so much, but World is so good. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting to see, like, because those are, like, a lot of people say, like, the two best. Neck and neck, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think when we did our Mario thing, too, we put three up there. Like, I really I really just want to say I love Mario Brothers 3. Yeah, well, but that's the whole point. Games you, you hated at first, but you grew to love. Grew to love. 
another one that you have on here, Resident Evil 1. Yes. Um, easy to hate. Easy to hate. Very easy to hate. The Again, kind of like with Simon's Quest and Zelda 2, the clues are extremely obtuse. You know, you need to look at, you know, to find keys to doors, you got to go find a book and look at the back of the book. But if you don't know, like you can go, if you didn't know to go into the menu and turn the book around to get the key, you're just like, I have the book, but where the hell is the key? You know, just like stupid stuff like that. Controls are horrible. The fixed camera angles, I love now. <laughs> But at the time, it's just like, I, this is dumb. This is just so, again. Oh, I love that game so you, much. I think you just got to, when it comes to these games I'm talking about specifically, except for Super Metroid and Super Mario Bros. 3, because those are fantastic games near masterpieces, if not masterpieces. The games I was talking about, Simon's Quest, Zelda 2, and Resident Evil 1. Take them warts and all. You have to, yeah, yeah take warts and all. You have to, like, realize that doing something new doesn't always translate to what's popular or easy. Sometimes yeah. doing something new is going to have its clunks and is going to have its, its issues. So, A uh, huge one for me on this list, probably the, the most important one on this list for me, is Dota 2. So I can't believe you hated that game at first. Who couldn't hate that game at first? That game is the most... It is a combination of extremely complex and the worst, most toxic community you could ever imagine. So you go on this new game, you want to try out, you play with bots a while, it's unlike anything I ever played, it's like it's like Warcraft with one unit, you know, it's like RTS where you're clicking yeah. around and getting them to attack, using abilities, and so I'm like trying to wrap my head around this game, and you go into a match finally, you're like, alright, I think I'm ready to play one, and you screw up once and everyone's like, you're a fucking idiot, like quit, uninstall, blah blah blah, like the most toxic community you could ever imagine. And I just hated it, but I was like, there's something about it. There was always like a little something about it that I was like, back? It's, it's that, it's because I like learning new things. Mm -hmm. And when I find something that's like so like expansive, yeah. you know, as like that, it's like when I first played Dwarf Fortress, I'm like, this is so intense, but there's so much here. It's like, I just want to learn everything. So I'm like, I need to figure it out. And I went through probably 50 hours 100 hours of being terrible and not enjoying it and then finally i started to figure out like one character and i was like okay okay doing pretty good with him doing pretty good with him and then i'd be like the best player on the team with that character so i'm like all right let me try a new character and again i'd be terrible and i get ripped apart i'd be like why the hell do i even play this game this sucks blah blah, blah. so dota 2 a very masochistic game and uh one that I will forever love and, and, you know, will probably always be my most played game of all time. But, um, yeah, absolutely many times I hate it. Some would say it varies from game to game whether you love or hate it. <laughs> um, but with, with Dota 2 capping us off, I think that's going to do it for that portion. Um, for games that we love, games that we loved and then soured on and then games that we hated and grew to love mm -hmm. um so let's cut it there i have a couple quick things to say before we jump into our e3 look ahead section um quick thing number one tacoma came out this week on ps4 no way so i'm recommending dan play that oh, along with you guys out there if you, don't, so if you didn't have an xbox one and you want to play tacoma i highly recommend that game i really really like that game a lot um, it's out on PS4 now. Oh, man. On top um, of all the other games i got to play. And it's, uh, yeah, you get like 20, 25% off for being a Plus member. Oh, no. No way. Not bad. Yeah, for this week. So if you end Long up game? Or is that Gone Home, right? No. It's, it's the guys that make Gone Home. So okay. it's a little bit longer, maybe four hours. Oh, not bad. Not even. It's a great game. Absolutely great game. Um, so Tacoma came out. Uh, another quick thing. We're just blasting through a couple, couple things here. Uh, another thing. Nintendo announced their online service. Oh. Um, it's going to be 20 bucks a year uh, lets you play online you, you know all the online services it also includes like a Netflix style uh, virtual console it's not called virtual console so a lot of people are upset but for some reason but it's starting out with 20 NES games and it's Netflix style if you subscribe you get all of them that's awesome that's really so, cool 20 bucks a year not bad. I like the idea. Some people are hating on it. Um, I think it's a cool idea, and especially if they're going to continue to be adding on and taking away like Netflix so cool, does, yeah. it's a really cool idea to me. That'd so, be really cool. Yeah, they announced it. It's real. So, That's awesome. Uh, we'll hear more about that at E3. So speaking of E3 and Nintendo, we're going to do... Dude, nice segue. We're going to do Nintendo's... 
bring to Nintendo's uh, E3 look ahead here. Uh, we have a couple games on here that we're pretty confident are going to be at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, we have um, Super Smash Bros. for the Switch. Yeah. So I'm just excited to hear some more info on as that. As we start getting away from that announcement... Everyone seems to be just taking the fact that this is a brand new Smash game. Really? Yeah, everyone's saying that. So I'm hoping they're right. Uh, but, you know, Nintendo has not confirmed that, but everybody I'm hearing or writing about this game is just calling it Switch for, or Smash for Switch and saying that it's going to be a new game. I so. feel, though, that if it was a new game, though, I feel like Nintendo would be super proud about that and, like, I'm Blunt, you, bluntly be like, I yeah, we're making it. We're making a new. We're making a new one. And when they first announced it, and we went, we did the episode when we went through the the whatever it's called. What do they call Nintendo Direct? Yeah. When we went through Nintendo Direct and said, Super Smash Bros, it's got to be a port. Yeah. That's what we kind of left off at. But everyone's talking about it like it's not. So I, I'm I'm I agree with you, but I think we might be on the wrong end here. Really? Um, I mean, that'd be awesome. I'd be happy to be wrong. The but. other thing is they're having a tournament September 1st. Oh, are we going? No, we're not going. Oh. But I'm saying I think I think that might indicate release date because the online service is also launching in September. So I think that Smash for Switch will be out this year just, in September. I just want to know if it's like a real. How is that a brand new game when it's going to be out this September? That's what, that, but that's the thing, and that's and like I feel I just I really feel like if it was, we'll see. I feel like they went like this. I feel like they went like, <laughs> you know, like and like and like oh, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, again, it'll be on stage at E3, so we'll. we'll, we'll get some more I mean, info. not on stage. They actually do a video. They don't, they don't have a stage, but typically there's there's more info. It'll be, they'll absolutely have more info at E3. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll talk about that game for sure. Another one they will absolutely talk about is Metroid Prime 4. Um, they announced it last year in their E3 conference. Um, they're saying it's coming out this year. Oh, are they saying? No kidding? It's rumors, but That's exciting. we'll see. I don't believe that for a second. I think 2019 for what sure. What was the last Metro game? Was that Metroid? Um... The last Metroid Prime? No, what was the last Metro game? Was that Met- the one they that had? They had a, one for uh, 3DS. That was actually really people really liked. Oh, I'm thinking. I was thinking of other end. No, no, they've had a bunch since. But Metro Prime Four, I'm excited for. I, I I hope they can return to the magic that they had in the first Metro. Isn't Prime. that a game that you hated but grew to love as well? Metro Prime. Oh uh, no, no. Oh really? Yeah. I remember one time you being like Metro Prime sucks eggs. <laughs> Maybe you didn't say that exactly. I don't think I said that. No, honestly, the thing with Metroid Prime is I always liked it, but I didn't have as much of an appreciation mm-hmm. for it as I did in the in once I replayed. Replay it again. Yeah, like I liked them. Mm-hmm. I had them for GameCube and I liked them, but I was always kind of like, eh, not that great. Mm-hmm. Like Super Metroid for life, but I, I really liked that first Metroid, Metroid Prime for game. life. Agree. I love Super Metroid and Metroid Prime. I like Metroid Prime too a lot. So Metro Prime Four, we'll that's see. Yeah. We'll see what's going on with that. Again, that's not uh, being made by Retro, who made the first three Metro Primes. So we'll see. Uh, I know um, Capcom has their hand in that. So um, another game that will definitely be on their presentation is Mario Tennis Aces. So, well, that comes out June, late June, I think. Like definitely. Yeah, that'll so. be a huge, huge part of their. Uh, It'll be there. Yeah, their presentation because you know that's they, they like doing a game that's coming out soon. Uh-huh. You know they did Arms and Splatoon. Yeah. And those are all summer games. Um, that will be their summer game. Uh, we'll see some more about Octopath Traveler. I'm sure. Yeah, that's gonna be really cool. That um, nice RPG. Still, thing. still very excited for that yeah. game. Um, that that also they're saying this year. So. Well, I think they have a release date like July oh, something. Yeah? yeah, I think it's in July. Cool. So we'll all see right. about that. So we'll see more of that. Mm-hmm. And one that I'm super excited for, Bayonetta 3. Okay, yeah. Bayonetta, yeah, those games are incredible. You have a Switch. Never played any Bayonetta games. You should get that Bayonetta 1 and 2 combo pack. Yeah. That came out for Switch. So those games, games Tacoma. <laughs> you have too many games. God of War, Nino Kuni 2, Metal you're, Gear. You're getting behind. You got to be ready for a game of the year. Listen, man, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Life, uh, that's all life's stuff what I've written down for Nintendo right now. Um, we're expecting some surprises, obviously. Um, I could see, you know, they did announce a DLC for Odyssey. Oh, yeah? Um, but it was a, kind of a minor thing. It was that Luigi one. Um, but 
you know, I could see an expansion for one of those big games, maybe mm. Breath of the Wild or Odyssey, or or we'll have, see what they, they're they going to be. They have an expansion for Breath of the Wild. Yeah. But we'll see if there's any more. Oh. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of what their surprises could be. They'll also be showing their Splatoon 2 major update that's coming mm. because they have, like, a big single-player uh, thing that they're selling. Um, but I don't know. I, I can't. I can't think of too many. Tropical Freeze just came out on Switch, right? Which is an awesome game. Um, but yeah, I don't, as, as far as surprises, I guess it wouldn't be a surprise if I could guess it. But yeah, it's um, true. I, I can't think of too much that they're gonna do. Maybe a new Captain Toad Treasure Tracker would be cool. Oh yeah, no one should love that one. That's a great game. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. I think that's kind of what we have for Nintendo right now. Super Mario Sunshine for the Switch. Uh, woof. Woof. Bark. Galaxy 3. Oh, maybe. No. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us for this week. Um, thank you guys for joining us as always. Thank you, Shelby. Thank you, Shelby. Our producer. We love you. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in the world. All you mamas out there. And let's go and play some video games as much as we can this week. I'm going to do my best. I got to go with that. What's up, guys? It's Dan from Circle Back. Uh, I'm just here to let you know you can find everything that we do at circlebackgaming.com. If you just want the podcast, we're on iTunes. If you just want the video, we're on YouTube. So catch us either place. Thanks. <laughs>